I would say all the time, Standing Rock is the center of the world right now. Hmm. And we have the honor of being perched at the edge of the center of the world. I'll be damned if I don't show up. Hmm. Do you remember how you even got connected? Rania Gallagher-Hoblet, who is an Oglala Lakota person and a Unitarian Universalist person, went to the front of the sanctuary. As she lit a candle, she invited us to gather any kinds of basic camping supplies because there's a camp, it's at Standing Rock, and people are gathering, particularly indigenous people are gathering to protect the water. What I understood from her is indigenous people are gathering to protect indigenous lands and indigenous ways. Mm. And all people were welcomed as relatives profound invitation to be human and be part of the human family. How would you describe life at the camp? Camp wasn't perfect. (laughs) It was better Mm. because it was real life. I was raised in a tradition that often quoted the importance of feeding those who are hungry and bringing drink to those who are thirsty and clothing to those who need it. And people remembered how to live in community and live in cooperation. There was community, relationship, connection, prayer. Many, many times people would sing Lakota, Dakota, Nakota songs, and it was not for me to participate in Lakota or Dakota practices. I was invited to be present and be in witness. That didn't mean those were my traditions to participate in or even expect to understand. As I was standing there, I had such a sense of appreciation right up next to this longing and I realized was grief that those are lost in my European cultural backgrounds. It was so significant to me to be there in that place where it wasn't for me to make it better by asking anyone who had yet inherited those practices from their own culture or or cultures to give me something that wasn't mine. To live with that emptiness for me is crucial to being in any kind of solidarity or real relationship with indigenous people who I love. That's actually some of my cultural inheritance is the absence of some of my cultural inheritance. It's not an empty space for someone to fill up. It's just an empty space. Hmm. It sounds like your experience at camp was about all sorts of things, uh, social activism and ministry and prayer, but also kind of a rethinking of who you are. Mm -hmm. I used to 
think, okay, as we decolonize the structures that oppress as European descendants, what will we have? Is there anything? And it's really been being in solidarity and communication with indigenous people. Now I start to see that what else there is is to be a human being. And that's a profound act of forgiveness, I think, on the part of indigenous people. Can you just maybe identify one of the great highlights of the actual experience and then maybe one of the uh, disappointments or even tragedies that you were involved in there? We had been a part of uh, Chief Arvo Looking Horse's call to interfaith prayer because so many people had come mm-hmm. and because it was cold. How cold? <laughs> it was <laughs> Northern Plains cold. Definitely below freezing. Yes. We got there and we had to go to the bathroom so bad. When you're cold, you know, it's extra hard to cope with that. And anyway, so we were running to the bathrooms and we ran, ran, ran to the sacred fire where thousands of people were gathered. I was late. And I got there just in time to hear Johnny say into the microphone, Karen, I know you're out there somewhere. Those words have been so guiding to me. I mean, thank God I actually was. The caravan got there in time. The line wasn't too long. We ran fast enough. It's always possible not to actually be there. Yes. It reminds me how many people are out there and um, that responsibility to show up. Hmm. Many people will talk about Oshedi Shakuin as something in the past. I imagine you would differ. How is the water protector movement very much alive now? Hmm. You know, I'm tempted to say in my heart, camp was never closed. But it actually was. And there's barbed wire now. And people were arrested and things were burned And a lot of things that weren't true, based on my experience, were said and continue to be said. As people of faith, we talk about forgiveness, and that's really important. And I'll probably struggle much of my life to forgive that. Hmm. Because that was the most human experience I've ever had. And at this time, I would say the movement continues in each of us, and it continues particularly on the backs of those who are going into federal prisons. Every federal defendant and now federal prisoner is an indigenous person, though there were many of us there from Every background I've ever, ever known of. 
Do you think this is a new class of political prisoners in U.S. history? No. This is what colonialism and oppression look like. Mm. And I also think at the very same time, collectively we are reclaiming humanity, our own, and making space for one another. There's all this going on in very powerful places above us. At the very root of life, we are here, and we are in solidarity with one another. And through those relationships, I think we actually are changing the course of human history. I think indigenous struggles and resistance is at the center of the world. And to whatever extent space is made for me to be perched at the edge of that, I'm honored to be there. Well, I'm honored to know you and see your work. Thank you for the hope that you give us all. Thank you for this time. It's a great joy to me to be in friendship with you.